Hello and welcome back to Just Saying Sports for another exciting episode with myself, Adnip, and the great Sean Dwyer. How you doing? We have a good episode lined up for you today, and I know Sean is pretty excited about this one, and I'm pretty excited about this one because, you know, there's only one thing it can mean. It means summer's on the way, warmer weather's on the way. And more importantly, baseball is on the way. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to have uh, some spring t- spring training talk for you guys as teams are beginning to report to their locations. Pitchers and catchers are busting out the mitts and getting their arms warmed up. And uh, games start here in the next week. So we have a few teams we want to break down a few players and standouts that we want to tell you to watch out for. There's going to be plenty of baseball, um, obviously, over the We want to get started off early because uh, March Madness will be coming up soon. There's going to be some other things taken on right before opening day. So we'll get into that later on. But, Sean, without any further ado, uh, we're going to start off with a couple teams. We're going to talk about the Houston Astros. Um, to one of the top teams in the major leagues for the last several years. We're going to talk and see if Sean thinks they're going to be back into contention and what they're going to have to see in spring training uh, in order to put them in place to do that. Another team we're going to talk about is another top team is the Boston Red Sox, uh, the Atlanta Braves, and the St. Louis Cardinals. So we have a few teams <clears throat> lined up. We'll start off with that first one we mentioned, Sean, in the Houston Astros. Uh, they have, you know, a starting five that has been kind of, you know, their anchor over the last few years. You know, they've had a good pitching staff, but it might not look the same this year. No, um, and that's the thing with the Houston Astros. As you mentioned before, I do think they are going to compete for another American League crown to get to the World Series but they're going to need to figure out their rotation if they want to even get off the ground. Um, This year, coming into it, they have lost Charlie Morton to free agency. He's been kind of an underrated uh, number four, number five in that rotation. Dallas Keuchel is a free agent. He is not in spring training with them right now. And Lance McCullers, he's still on the team, but he has lost to Tommy John for the year. Um, Just recently, this past week, the Astros have gone out and signed Wade Miley, and that's filled their number four spot in the rotation. So looking at it right now, you go one or two, either way you want to slot them, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. Um, Colin McHugh is coming back out of the bullpen into the rotation. He will be the number three. Um, Wade Miley, he slots in at that number four spot, and that number five spot is open right now. Um, Just a couple names just to throw out there. Um, Right now, Fantraps, um, they've posted Zip's projections for the season. And Josh James, he got some MLB time last year through 23 innings, uh, 29 Ks, seven walks, good ratio there and limited uh, limited showings, 2.35 ERA, 0.96 whip, decent numbers. Um, the guy who I look at to have that spot in the rotation long time would be Forrest Whitley. Um, in 2018, he started the season off with a 50-game PED suspension. Really no specifics have come out on that, on what exactly happened. But he was limited in play in Double A this this past season, 
at 376 ERA, but of more talent is the .99 whip, which is walks per and hits per innings pitched. So less than one, you're doing pretty well in that lead, in that category. Um, he also did do some innings in the Arizona Fall League to try and get a little bit more innings pitched onto his ledger with the 50-game suspension. Um, another sleeper name would be Corbin Martin. He was a guy who was very good for them in A last season. So he's kind of a sleeper. So just keep an eye out throughout the season. And there are some free agent names that Houston could go with that I have noted. Um, Irving Santana, Clay Buckholtz, and Gio Gonzalez. Those are all names that I would look at if I was Houston, just trying to find an innings eater into that number five slot. Yeah, they have a little bit of work to do. Their offense is still just as powerful as ever. So no, they... Bregman's, Bregman's my guy. He is my guy. Yeah, and I mean, they, I, it, it, they have multiple MVP candidates on their team. Yeah. Uh, offensively and defensively in the, in the field. Now, having Justin Verlander being your ace, he's getting a bit older. He's been fantastic. There's going to be plenty of work for them to do in order to make sure they stay where they're at. But I think they will have plenty of options um, come opening day. Next, we're going to talk about the Boston Red Sox just a little bit. At this time, the Red Sox have not re-signed their closer, Craig Kimball. He has some pretty outlandish contract requests, well, at least to their standards. Uh, and it looks it looks like one of their most valuable assets are not going to be coming back. Um, there's only a couple guys who, rep- who can replace him. Uh, Evaldi, you know, he is part of that uh, Red Sox team already, but who else do you think could possibly retake Craig Kimber, or do you think that he'll actually end up signing with the Red Sox? Um, as we talked, I think we talked about on the last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago, baseball free agents and where we think they're going to end up. I do think Craig Kimber will be back with the Red Sox as of right now. Um, I did read an article a couple hours ago that said the Braves were the leader in the clubhouse, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, it wasn't a really reputable website, so we'll see what happens there. But as of right now, um, if the Boston Red Sox do go on without Craig Kimbrell, I think Evaldi only fits in as a replacement if the Red Sox are comfortable with putting Stephen Wright back into the rotation. Evaldi was a closer in the postseason when you have the shortened rotation. Um, Joe Kelly did resign. He would be the guy that would make the most sense to me. But um, there's just something about Joe Kelly I have never bought as being a full-time closer. Um, he's a guy that I think is an eighth inning, seventh inning, ninth inning when your closer is down um, and not available kind of guy. So I don't know what it is. I can't give you any other – there's no statistical reason for me to feel that way. It's just how I feel. But – I think that the Red Sox were going to struggle with the ninth inning if they don't get somebody in there um, to replace Kai Kernbrough outside of the organization. Now, let, 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 let's do a, like a confidence meter, one to ten. How confident are you that they'll have Craig Kimbrell for the upcoming season and into the future? Um, right now it's at a five. It could really go both ways for me. I really don't. On one hand, I don't think that he's going to come back to Boston. But on the other hand, his contract requests have been so outrageous, I don't see anybody else touching him. And I think at the end of the day, if that's going to be the case, you're going to want to go where you're familiar and why not return to where you just won a World Series. So 
that's why I think he will be back in Boston. The other thing is his contract requests are so high, Boston doesn't even want to touch him. So right now we're in a weird area where Ked Kimbrell is kind of the exception to how this offseason has gone to where he's kind of put himself out there for what he wants, and he's made it clear. Other guys have kind of just not made what they want clear. He's made it clear he might not get it, and he might have to concede some stuff, but Craig Kimbrell is definitely one of the top free agents still available in baseball. All righty. Now, another good team who you have been extremely for quite a long time. It's been, uh, we've been talking about in the Atlanta Braves. Their youth and that farm system that we talked about is going to be on display at spring training. They already made waves last year, and I think this year might be the start of the peak for them. Uh, we talked about it a few times, but there's a few young guys that need to be looked out for in spring training. Now, why don't you tell the people who they are? Yep, to me, um, just looking at Atlanta Braves, spring training, just going over the basics to it. Um, the Atlanta Braves are obviously not confident in the progression that Austin Riley has made. Their third their third base prospect to where they had were comfortable going out and signing Josh Donaldson um, at a one year, $23 million contract. Ooh. He's anticipated to hit second. That's a lot for Josh Donaldson. In my opinion, you're right. But yeah. at the same time, it's a one year deal. Um, and it creates possibly an all Atlanta all-star infield of Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, um, Dansby Swanson's just got to figure out how to, put the ball and play more often, get that hitting going. And Josh Donaldson, um, if you were sitting here in July and all four Atlanta guys lead all-star voting for the infield, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, to continue on through the Atlanta system, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr., he's going to continue to rise. He's only going to get better. Um, last year, in a limited time through his late call-up, his injury he missed some time with. He had a 3.7 war, uh, wins above replacement, which is a very decent number for a guy getting his first crack at the major leagues. It's actually outstanding. Um, the only thing for me uh, to look at with him is his 25.3 strikeout rate. Um, he's going to look to lower that this season. He's going to need to lower that to have as good of a season as he did last year. Um, also, his home run to fly ball ratio was 21.1, which is a tad high. So you might see a little bit of a drop off in home run numbers extrapolated out from his numbers from last year to the whole season for 2019. And then looking at their pitching prospects, you know, the one thing that Atlanta has is a plethora of pitching prospects. Um, right now, Tuki Toussaint, Toussaint, I'm not really sure how they say his name, is slated to be the number five starter. I really don't think he's a starter. I think he's a late-inning bullpen pitcher, but we'll see if Atlanta knows more than I do, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Soroka is back off of his injury and is expected to be full go, so he should be a rotation piece. And then some other guys from Atlanta to keep an eye on throughout the season. They Their rotation and bullpen is just about full right now with names. Um, but Max Fried, uh, Joey Wentz, and Ian Anderson are, I should would expect, to get innings – this season as double header spot starts, um, middle inning relief call-ups, just kind of deals like that. Um, the last thing I have about Atlanta was they were ahead of where I thought they would be 
last season, you know, making the postseason. I know there were some of our friends even who said that they thought Atlanta could make a World Series run. I don't think they're there yet. I still think that even through 2019, Atlanta is a year or two away from making a World Series run. And I'm going to say it again because I've said it before. Bryce Harper should be looking at the Atlanta Braves as a contract destination. He's still out there. There's rumors he's decided. There's rumors he hasn't decided. Give Atlanta a shot. You could win a multiple World Series with all that talent. I know there's a lot of young talent there, and Bryce Harper would probably be the oldest part of that talent. I mean, he's just coming out of that, you know, those long deals that they have at the beginning of their career, and I couldn't imagine him down there in Atlanta. But, yeah, there's uh, plenty of people on Atlanta to watch out for. So if you are watching any form of spring training games, the Braves are probably a good one, and they're probably a good team to keep an eye on for the entirety of this season. It's going to be a lot of young talent, a lot of fun baseball to watch. Ozzy Albies is the most underrated second baseman, in my opinion. He's not getting enough attention. He was overshined by Acuna. I think Ozzy Albies is a generational talent at second base that we're just not giving enough glam to. Well, here you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> generational talent. I hope they haven't heard it here first because the guy is really he is amazing. He deserves a lot more credit than he's getting. Well, he, he, might, he might get a lot of that credit. He'll just have to put up the numbers. Exactly. Yes. Now, uh, next team, St. Louis Cardinals. Seems like they kind of went into a bit of an organizational reload. Uh, got Paul Goldschmidt uh, ready for some big bats and some big plays. But they unloaded a lot of pieces uh, to uh, make this happen. Do you think that they're going to be able to contend anytime soon uh, or at least get to the level in which most Cardinals fans are used to? I think they will be. I think that maybe not 2019, but 2020, the Cardinals should be. I think they're making moves to make a run for 2019. 2020 will be the year that we'll know what the organization wants to do. Um, they made the win-now move of getting Paul Goldschmidt, giving up their future at catcher and Carson Kelly, uh, kind of a throwaway organizational piece in Andy Young. And they gave up a rotation piece in Luke Weaver, which is huge. And I'll explain that in a minute, why that is huge. Um, but this move of Paul Goldschmidt, bringing him in, moves Jose Martinez um, from first base to a platoon role, potentially in the outfield with Dexter Fowler, who's – probably an all-time bad contract for St. Louis, but that's topic for another podcast. Um, But the more important thing of bringing him in means that they're now moved Tyler O'Neill from being in that platoon role um, with Dexter Fowler, the borderline starter to a bench spot. And the last thing you want to do with the young player is move him from an opportunity where he's going to be starting a lot to a bench role. I think Tyler O'Neill is probably a future starter in St. Louis and I think they should have um, made a move that could have benefited him. I'm not saying getting Goldschmidt was bad, but I'm saying it is a very short-sighted move when I add in this next part of trading away Luke Weaver. Um, before the trade, their starting rotation was looking like Martinez, Miles um, Mikolas, Flaherty, Waka, and Weaver. Um, probably moving Adam Wainwright out to pasture, probably a late bullpen role. Um, working out his deals until his contract runs out. Um, 
trading away Luke Weaver moves Adam Wainwright back into the starting rotation. Um, he has not been healthy the past couple of years. He has not been an effective pitcher when he's been out there. And so moving him back into the starting rotation kind of does not sit well for the St. Louis pitching situation. Also trading away Carson Kelly, who is who was by all means the future um, behind Yadier Molina. Um, to me, moving Carson Kelly, the best analogy I can make to something that other people will understand was the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Um, Yadier Molina was Tom Brady in this situation. He wasn't going anywhere. He keeps wanting to play. Carson Kelly is Jimmy Garoppolo. They needed to move him while he still had some worth to another organization, and so that's why he was moved in this case, in my opinion. Um, he was not going to be happy sitting behind Yachty for a couple more years, apparently, for the contract extension he signed, so they moved him. Well, the, the age might catch up to St. Louis, but if they are going to try and go into win-now mode, Paul Goldschmidt is a perfect guy to do it with. Yeah, he is. Paul Goldschmidt is an amazing first baseman, something that St. Louis has struggled to – a spot St. Louis has struggled to fill. Is Since first Albert Pujols? Yes. And he is definitely fits that role of a big home run, a big RBI, a big on-base percentage guy. He gets things done. Um, he's a great organizational player. I just, in my opinion, think St. Louis gave up too much of their future for Paul Goldschmidt right now. I was thinking the same thing, and that's why I wanted to ask you that question. Now, yeah. an- another team we got to bring up, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They made a lot of moves in the offseason, uh, unloading some of their guys who have been around for a while, getting rid of you know Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig, uh, two guys who you know were kind of stuck together in the outfield in L.A., which is already uh, you know filled with stars. Now you know when they did when they did that, uh, which we'll, which we'll talk more about in our MLB MLB preview show uh, with the the trade about Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig. They kind of looked like they were freeing up some space, doing something, uh, doing something good for their outfield. But they kind of re muddied the waters when they signed AJ Pollock again. Now. They have uh, another three outfielders with Cody Bellinger, Pollock, and Verdugo with Jock Peterson there too. There's so many. There's so many people out there, Sean. Uh, they they had what six or seven guys, uh, but wh- what do you think they're going to be able to do? I mean, they're still one of the best teams in in the National League. Um, what do you think they're going to be able to do to straighten this all out? Uh, do you think their young guys who are coming through are going to be the ones they keep, or do you think they're going to? keep these leaders in their roles. Like you mentioned, I think the odd guy out is Jock Peterson. Um, He's been a star for them in the postseason, but can't put it together in the regular season. It's been a very odd kind of thing with Peterson. I mean, they had about seven or or I think four, six outfielders with Samson Tweak and Peterson and all these guys, and they traded off some of them, and they looked at they cleared it up, and they signed A.J. Pollock. And it, like you mentioned, it re-muddied the waters. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. The other – everything else in their organization for the Los Angeles Dodgers looks pretty well. They have a starting rotation that has not changed since last season. 
They, they, just, yeah, they just re-signed Clayton Kershaw. Exactly. They have a bullpen that has not had a lot of changeover from last season. The infield, the the catcher, everything has kind of stayed the same. I mean, and even their the outfield. outfield. I mean, their outfield is still kind of the same. They just are glad to get rid of two guys who there was just more talent than there needed to be out there. Exactly. You were kind of in a – in a they sense, were, you were stifling the potential of Verdugo, keeping him in AAA when he should have been up with the major leagues. So you made a spot for him with the trade, and then you signed Pollock. So they're not going to re-move Verdugo down to AAA again. Uh, he's running out of options. They need to make the most out of him now. So the odd man out is Jock Peterson. I would not be surprised if he is traded to another team um, before the trade deadline. And there's just some other guys to keep an eye on. Um, for Los Angeles, the Dodgers in the prospect system is Kybert Ruiz, the catcher, had some decent power numbers um, in limited stays and minor leagues. Um, I mean, he played all year in, in AA. He hit 12 home runs, 47 RBIs, 268. Um, they're going to be looking for him to get more. I misspoke earlier. I was looking at another list of another player. Um, he needs to hit more for power, for my opinion, as the catcher. Um, Dustin May had a very good year between double A and A plus ball. Um, 132 innings pitched is a lot for a minor league pitcher, in my opinion. Um, and he made the most of it. You know, 122 Ks to 29 walks is a very good ratio. Um, a 1.11 walks per innings pitched whip, very good. And Gavin Lux, who was a guy who I really wanted to get up to um, a Great Lakes Loons game and see him. Um, I think he's going to be a great player for them. Yeah, Sean. I definitely think that the Los Angeles Dodgers will be back and in contention for a World Series this year and in the coming years with their rotation, uh, shoring that back up and having not so much changed bullpen and bats all up and down that lineup. I think that they will be at the top of the, you know, the National League for years to come. Now, moving, I... yeah, yeah, moving on to our next team, uh, the Seattle uh, Seattle Mariners, they just made a trade and sent Robinson Cano, their longtime anchor, away. Uh, there's going to be definitely some new guys, some new faces out there. They're looking like they're kind of re, you know, redesigning this organization. The whole Robinson Cano experiment with like a 10-year contract didn't quite work out. You know, he still has some really good years in him. He's got one of the prettiest swings in the league, uh, but he's headed out to the New York Mets. Now, what do you think of that trade? And uh, what do you think they're going to do to kind of make this a uh, different franchise than what it has been in the last 10 years? I think Seattle kind of hit the panic button. I think last season didn't go the way that they wanted it, so they decided to blow it up. Um, the Mets gave up way too much for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, packaged back for their number three prospect, their first-round pick from the last season, Jay Bruce, um, Anthony Swarzak, and another prospect in Bautista. They traded that back to Seattle for Cano and Diaz. I think that was a bit of a high price for both of them. But you know what? Seattle is trying to load up on prospects, and they probably set the price that they wanted, and I think they got it. And that further it proved their point to me, Seattle did, by trading James Paxton to the Yankees for Justice Sheffield and two other minor league players. Um, Sheffield was the Yankees' number three prospect last season. 
Um, I got the pleasure of watching him down at the Indianapolis Indians field when he came in with the Yankees minor league system. He did not have a good night then. Um, he was run after three and a third innings. Um, but I did see the stuff, and the, he did make a lot of good pitches, which just was not his night. Um, the thing is, Seattle didn't have a terrible season last year. I think they were one of the first teams out of the postseason. And so all of these trades kind of do surprise me. Um, their one through three prospects in their system right now have all been recently acquired. Uh, their top two from last season, Kyle Lewis and Evan White, both do slide down a little bit. So I think that Seattle now has one of the most top-heavy systems in Major League Baseball. One through five, it's outstanding. Um, six through 30, where some people kind of cut off their rankings, they are not as strong. I do think that they are going to struggle this season, you know, trading away all that minor leagues, not minor league, major league material. Um, Cano is a good second baseman. Paxton was a great starting pitcher. Diaz was the best closer in baseball last season. So trading away those guys, it's not going to work out as great for them this year, but they are setting themselves up for the future. And I think that they are really going to have a good future in Seattle, making all these deals setting their prices accordingly and getting what they wanted back for their major league, um, their major league talent. Yeah. That's a lot of major league talent too. So, you know, you say that you think it's kind of high, but I think, you know, the way that they worked is exactly, you know, what they, what they had to do in order to get rid of Robinson Cano and that contract, even uh, the Mets have a lot, a lot to work with over there and they have been able to for a while. And uh, now they kind of made it. They kind of made it apparent that the the Mets are trying to win. They have a fantastic rotation. You can't forget about that. The the Mets have a great pitching rotation. A great I staff. I will make bold prediction right now. The Mets are going to finish in the bottom third of the National League this next season. I don't think that the moves that they made are going to be great. The Mets are a terrible organization. I don't think that these moves are going to help the Mets at all. I don't think they're going to have a better season than last season. Um, the Mets are really in a free fall right now, and they're just trying to grab a safety rope to help themselves. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up some of our spring training watch. Just as a quick hitter, is there any prospects from the Detroit Tigers that fans need to be watching out for? Well, to me, the, the couple guys that t- Tigers fans need to be watching out for are Alex Fiedo, who is a pitcher from the University of Florida. He was drafted, at, uh, I don't know, 2018 was the draft that he was taken in. I think that he is going to have a good season this season. He was hurt a lot last season, missed a lot of time. I think he's going to bounce back. He's probably going to have spend a lot of time in Toledo. We might see him for a start or two in Detroit. Franklin Perez is the biggest name I would watch if I was a Tigers fan, just because he dealt with a lot of injuries last season, missed a lot of time like Fiedo. And he was the guy that we got back. He was the main guy we got back for Justin Verlander. He is supposed to be a number one pitcher of the future. A lot of pressure on him, um, probably unjustly so, because he's just a prospect, but he needs to be better than what he was last season. I think that he is going to make good plays. Matt Manning, the the, the first-round pick from 
2016 is really starting to come around now. There was some question marks after his first year, his first year and a half, but he's really turned it on lately. And just to give a position player, because those were all pitchers, um, Daz Cameron, um, a lot of people remember he is the son of a major league player in Mike Cameron. He had a very, very good year last year, hit amazingly in – Triple A when he was called up. I mean, not Triple A, Double A. He was called up from Single A to Double A. Had a great season. Um, finished the year off in Triple A on a little bit of a slump, but he did what he needed to do to get up to that level. I think he will continue to get better. And I think Das Cameron might be a prospect that we see in September call-ups, and I think he might make a difference for this Tigers team. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our little spring training preview episode. Lots lots to talk about, lots to see, and uh, baseball is starting soon. We have about a month until opening day. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I know everybody from everywhere should be excited. Uh, but we have uh, plenty more episodes coming up for you guys soon. We have some college basketball to talk about. I think we might have a little conversation about the new AAF and uh, – We might have to get into that pretty soon. Yeah, we will uh, keep you updated on everything else as long as we can. So uh, without further ado, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, You know, interact with us. Let us know what you want to hear. And uh, yeah, subscribe, listen, follow anywhere you can. At Jake Gatnip for me on Twitter. At DwyerSE3 for Sean. And at Sport is the Twitter for the podcast. So hit that follow, subscribe button, and we will see you next week. Adios, amigos.